This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Welcome once again uh, to another episode of Poetry in Motion, your bi-weekly... Should we say bi-weekly? Stab it a bit of bi. Oh, we stab it a bit of bi. Bi-weekly uh, podcast discussing all things Liverpool Football Club. Uh, welcome once again to all you listeners. Thanks for your listenership. We always start off with that. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks for getting in touch on uh, Twitter and on the social media as well. And you're enjoying the shows. Really, really appreciate that. We've got um, we've got a new lineup today. We've got a debutante. We have. We have. Don't talk yet, haven't oh, so, so, oh. Snaddy. Ruined it. Oh, I've done it again. Give it a game, away, <sighs> Right. Okay. Let's get cracking. So we got. So Joe Rim is away, isn't he? Thank God. He's got. He's gone off. Just <laughs> trying to sort his beard out. Well. So it doesn't look like when they're mind finding things you had as a kid. Uh, he's away in uh, in uh, in France. Good, good on him. Yeah, he deserves a bit of a break. He's been a bit tired, hasn't he? Bless his performances have been a bit tired. So we've uh, replaced him. We've got well, look, Gladys Knight had her pips. Yeah, didn't she? <laughs> Diana Ross had a Supremes. Now these, I've got two Supreme t- uh, pips. <laughs> good save there. I've got Dan Kane next to me. He's covered in the hundreds and thousands. He's got cream all over him and custard and, 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 and jelly. But then he was brought up in the ghetto. Standard Thursday, that really. Beautiful, isn't it? You just stood a lovely punchline there, kid. It wasn't much Today. of a punchline, to be fair. And look, I've got a debutante with me. We've got a debutante. The kinders have already been handed out. This fella, I went for pace up front. This fella is faster than two Russians on a sightseeing tour of Salisbury. Stop talking over me, gags! <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping quiet now, because I've been told to shut up. you just put your size fours on. It's Paul Ghost, how are you, Paul? Yeah, I'm very well, yeah. How are right. you? It's, it's good. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. You've it's sat on the bench, you've watched yeah. through the glass window like Willy Wonka. Every, Not like Willy Wonka, like Charlie Bucket. Every other week you come in and I keep waiting and waiting for my debut, and here I am, finally. And then because the other seven never answered the phone, here you are. Well, that's it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome very much, Ghosty. Uh, so let's talk about it, right? Let's just start with this, okay? Liverpool, played four, won four, lost none, drawn none, goals four, nine, goals against one. Top of the league, drops Mike, farts loudly, escapes on a drifter. Yeah? What more is, to, is there to be said? I'm going to start with Dan Kay, though, because there is still a bit of unsettlement in the camp. How should we be feeling about Liverpool's start, Dan? I think we should be feeling good. I mean, I think if anyone had been offered 12 points out of 12, looking down on the other 19 teams in the league, I think every single Liverpoolian worth of salt would have signed up for that on August the 12th or 13th before we got started against West Ham. We've all always got to put our critical heads on um, because that's what we do. And also, you know, we've when you come to my time of life, our time of life, it's you know we've, no, we've seen a, a fair few false storms before. And I think you know, looking at it in the cold light of day, you could argue that there's been a deterioration in the level of the performances from West Ham through to Leicester. However. It was always going to be a slightly fractured start to the season, I think, with players coming back at various points in the World Cup, the fixtures being what they are. And I think the manager and the players have negotiated it fairly well. I think everybody knows this next segment of games after this latest internally tedious international break is over. Everyone's saying it's season-defining. I mean, I think whether that's... Well, whether that's the case, time will tell. I think it's certainly going to give us a better idea about how realistic Liverpool's hopes and pretensions are for the season, you know, starting with September, it's about six or seven games running through till the, yeah, at the start of October. Third of October, yeah, they, they've played Chelsea twice, Napoli, Southampton, obviously Tottenham. It's a big few weeks. Yeah. PSG as well, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. That's that's the actually Champions Champions League game. But I, I, you know, I think so far, 
so far so good a very solid eight eight and a half out of ten for me ghosty it's 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 an enigmatic start isn't it because it's four out of four we mm. cannot complain with that we haven't done that since the 90s i think have we and yeah and yet there's clearly something missing is it is it the fitness that we just need to get ghosty to get us flowing again because it's weird isn't it the top three aren't firing and yet they've all fired they've all assisted yeah it, it is weird i mean a lot of people are kind of saying that liverpool haven't you know, they're not playing as well as they were last season, but I think people are kind of judging that on Liverpool's best moments of last season. They're kind of looking at it and thinking they haven't played as well as they did against City in the Champions League. Or Well, I think it was the run, wasn't it? It was just the goal yeah. tallies, wasn't it? Well, that's it, yeah. But, you know, the start was a lot better this season than it was last season. It's been the best start for 28 years. Um, Liverpool drew with Watford on the opening day yeah. last, last season. Three. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, four games in, 12 points. They've only conceded one, and that was because of a of a soft mistake by Allison, which probably won't happen again this season. So, well, he he might do a, a Cruyff turn, but not in slow motion the way he did that. Yeah, one. <laughs> a Cruyff turn through Treacle, but that was yeah. like what you used to go home with, and you'd roll up a pair of socks and show your half of that what you did in school. Yeah, yeah Dad, you yeah. stand there, right? And then I did this, <clears> but you do it in slow mo. That's what he did, didn't he? But yeah, but he's uh, he said that he's going to learn from it, and he won't be doing it anytime soon. So, I think it's just the, the age that we're in now. You know, social media is is a big part of most people's lives, and I think it's not. Uh, it's quite hard to escape some negative views, and I think that's just generally what this is. I mean, I think the thing I think I think to sum up what Dan said as well is it, it it's not necessarily being negative, but we have to look at everything. We have to. That's not even criti- criticizing; it's critiquing, which is more important mm. really. That we have to say we can't be blind to it, and we we in in some of the second halves of our game we've been we've been wanting. Is it though uh, to flip it and, and say that Liverpool aren't playing as good as uh, 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 as they were last season? Is it actually? Can you not flip this and say they're actually playing better in a sense that? There are three out of four matches here that we could have drawn. There are three out of four matches that previous yeah. Liverpool teams would have slipped up in. And yet there is a solidity that seems to be between that back five and the keeper. The keeper saved us two points against Brighton with a great save. Joe Gomez was outstanding. We'll talk more about his Leicester performance, but his performances from the way it go. Is it not actually that we can actually say on a positive spin, this is a more solid Liverpool team and the teams like the Leicesters and like the Brightons, all right, we've, we've demolished Brighton a few times, but the Crystal Palaces in the past have bitten us, and yet we're now we're getting that one goal ahead. How many times last season did we say we've got to score three to be comfortable? Yeah. Mm. Are we now coming up with a team that might only have to score one and be comfortable? Yeah, hundred percent. I think you know, Firmino, Salah, and, and Mane. You know, people are saying they haven't been at the best, but they, they haven't needed to be, have they? You know, they, they're getting in the stride, and slowly but surely they'll find their top speed. And I've got no worries about them long term. But it's good to see that whilst they're not scoring threes and fours every game, Liverpool are still grinding up results. You know, it's what. It's what it's all about, you well, know, quality well, from top to bottom. Dan was scoffed out the building on our first podcast this season because he not went... Not for the first time. Not for the first time, <laughs> young man. Um, but because he, 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 when we did our predictions, which mm-hmm. we were going to get out to the end of the season, he predicted Sadio Mane to be uh, top he scorer. He did, yeah, I remember he's, that, yeah. He's already four under his belt, Dan. Who's laughing now, eh? You are the Mystic Who's Meg. laughing now, You're eh? the Derek Accorda of this <laughs> podcast. Well, I've been called worse. Um, yeah, I've, I, to be honest, I've heard a lot of people expressing the same kind of opinion from about Sadio Mane you know he's really you can see a real genuine progression since he's been at Anfield and I think in some ways kind of like the hype and all the all the stuff surrounding Mo Salah may well help him it's almost like he kind of slips under the radar a little bit there's still this little nagging doubt in the back of my mind bearing in mind the you know, his comments about Real Madrid and their supposed interest in him during the summer and he has, still hasn't actually put pen to paper on a new deal but I would you would imagine you would hope that talks are going on behind closed doors and, and they the club will want to 
get him because this will this will be the end of his third season. I'm assuming he signed a four or five year deal, mm-hmm. which would basically mean at the yeah, end of this year it was he'll a five be. Year deal. Was it a five? Well, so, yeah. so so he'll be at that kind of like awkward two years from the end of the, the contract also, points at the end of this season. Or, so he needs time up really. Also, possibly Dan as well. There might have been a little bit of chucking the toys out the pram, saying stuff like that because he was being overlooked last season when he, as was everyone with Salah he was always the first to get yanked off wasn't he so maybe that was a bit of that well and also as well but you know, remember he was you know 2016-17 he was absolutely the main man yeah. he had this fantastic impact when he came in and then basically everything kind of turned to when he was missing in January Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know he missed a lot of the second part of the season he got injured in the derby as well didn't he well that, that's yeah right. that was Just the end of the season that, yeah, scored of the super, yeah scored, scored a super goal yeah. and then kind of early in the second half went down and that was, that was the end of his campaign so we probably only played barely two thirds of the matches that first season and then I couldn't understand how we might have felt a little bit kind of like bit irked the fact that you know he was everyone's main man and then all of a sudden Mo Salah turns up bangs in 20 goals before Christmas he always became forgotten about a little bit but I, and his form did dip a little bit as well at the same time didn't yeah, he yeah he, he was trying to get used to a new position as well yeah. wasn't he yeah. he'd yeah. been moved from the right to the left and yeah. up until um, up until that goal against Burnley on New Year's Day he was uh, he, he wasn't great but since the turn of the year it's almost like a light switch like 1st of January new year new me and all that mm. and he's basically turned into this at, at, I did a piece a few weeks ago and I think he scored 14 in his last 18 at the time so I'm not not exactly sure what the figures are now but he, he's continued that form and at the moment he, yeah, he's probably been Liverpool's best attacking player hasn't he this season I don't think anyone would argue that and that's with having you know the, the third of the four games this season against Brighton was you know, he didn't have he didn't have a particularly great game I think he was he was he was yeah. hooked after round right about the arm out but it says everything that you know in despite one I would say it was a stinker but one fairly unimpressive performance he has Contributed significantly, not just with goals, but it, it's just the threat. You know, yeah. even even when Salah, Firmino, other you know, Chamberlain, whoever around the team is 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 hogging the headlines and taking attention of the opposition that we're playing, he's always got that threat. He's always on the shoulder of players. <laughs> he, he seems to be strikes me as one of those kind of players where sometimes you get the impression he doesn't quite know what he's going to do next. Yeah, <clears throat> but if he doesn't, then neither do the opposition. Yeah. and that's a that's a big. A big problem. It's a me. funny one. It's, it's part of that sort of weird paradox of Liverpool at the moment that you've got the front three who, who supposedly aren't firing properly. You've got one scored four, one scored two. Yeah. Bobby Firmino in his last two games has laid one on and scored one. Mm. Terrible problems to have. It, it, it's, it, it's, and, and if you remember the start of Salah's season last year, he wasn't that clever. He was missing. He missed a couple of chances against City before Manny got sent off yeah. and we got thrashed. He was missing. He will miss chances because he'll be. He will ultimately get enough to be able to pop a few in. I think I mean I remember the Watford game, which, oh yeah, which is his Premier League debut, and he did score. But there was I think missed a, not just missed a couple of chances in the first half, but made a bit of a mess of them. And I think certainly for the you know we've, I think we discussed this before, but the first couple of months of that season, even if we, he probably had ten by, I think he had double figures by like mid October, mid to late October. So he was clearly I think you couldn't have foreseen he get forty odd, but it was clear he was going to get goals. But there was very much this sense that kind of like he's going to be a one in three, one in four man. He's mm. going to lead quite a lot of chances to convert. Um, the point is, I mean, I always go back to Bill Shankly's famous old quote about Roger Hunt when he was going through a bit of a bad patch and was missing chances. But Shankly said, "Yeah, but at least he's there to miss them." Yeah, absolutely. And I think that very much applies to to to, to, to all Liverpool's yeah. fr- front men. You know, none of them were what you'd out say were prolific poachers, out and out goal scorers. Mm. But they got got ninety odd between them last season, and you know, I'd be very optimistic of them certainly getting upwards of 75, 80 this season. Well, we'll talk about the positives anyway, which which you, you can't not do because of the start we've had. But let's just highlight, I think, um, where we seem to have been losing a bit of ground, uh, 
particularly the, the second half of the games, and that seems to be the midfield seems to be a little bit jaded at the moment. Bobby Firmino, you'd put in that pack as well, even though he has been popping up. There seems to be... Is this a hangover from the World Cup, Paul? Is it a hangover from the fact that they've just been they've been played too many matches and not had enough time off, which is certainly what Jürgen Klopp's saying. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I think Klopp's kind of got six players for three positions and... Um, I think Wijnaldum's done well. Henderson's, uh, you know, when he come off the bench uh, against Palace and Brighton, I thought he was quite bright. He he wasn't uh, at his best against Leicester on Saturday, but I think it's just you know you, you do get these games, don't you? They, they come and they go, and I think uh, Klopp's got more than enough in his midfield. Each one of his midfielders kind of fills a specific role, and and uh, he's just got that kind of X factor in Abi Keita, which uh, I can't wait to see what happens with him throughout the season. Well, mentioning that, it was interesting to see the Klopp. I think made the right decision bringing Keita off uh, when he looked quite tired. Well, he um, against Leicester <coughs> against Brighton was uh, against yeah. Brighton he was yeah. brought off, and then of course he was rested against Leicester. Yeah. And came yeah. on, came on, and on. made an impact with Chikiri. To be fair, didn't he? I mean, Leicester for twenty five minutes there were, un- so. were unplayable. Yeah. I mean, let's 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 not pile it on to Liverpool too, uh, too much here. Leicester, few teams in the league would have been able to cope with that. They were they pressing. They were pressing very for about twenty five minutes in the second half, twenty minutes. They were pressing everything. They were putting people, Liverpool off the stride very much. But I think that coincided with the fatigue. Yeah, and I, I think with, as you say, it's it's. Um, Got to be careful of not kind of overlooking Leicester because for me, they're probably, you know, a, a good shout of finishing seventh in the Premier League just behind that top six. Definitely they, top they, got well, I think when you get a result against Leicester, it's great when that final whistle goes because my initial thought is then right, that's good because they're going to cause other teams problems yeah, for us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good way of looking at it. It's a tough place to go. Um, Liverpool haven't enjoyed the, the best of times there under Klopp. Obviously, last season he won was, was a four-two, was it? a bit of a three-two. Three-two. Had he yeah. save a late pen, I think he did. Yeah, um, and then t- t- a couple of times before then, Liverpool uh, have beaten them off the tight. Yeah, so tough place to go. Liverpool stood up well to it, and they're going to have to uh, if, if they want. They've got genuine title aspirations. They're going to have to go to these places, dig in, and come away with a scrappy result. Well, this is getting back to my initial question. Then is what do you think? Is the difference now because because let's talk about the about the let's pick the Leicester game out because I think I think of all the games the Leicester one was the one where it was you, your heart was in your, your hands a little bit too much there because you just thought well, your heart was in your mouth even your hands were in your ears. I think out of the th- three out of the first four games Leicester's the only one where you could say maybe Liverpool was slightly fortunate. That's what I meant to say to some yeah. degree to, to come out of it with, with the three points. I think I think the significant difference is the further solidification of the defence that. Having a, having the goalkeeper there, even though obviously he had his one his moment of madness on Saturday, that combined with obviously six months of Virgil Van Dijk and the principles and the, just the, the calm assurance that he brings with him, and obviously as we'll come on to Joe Gomez, you know him and Van Dijk have really seemed to have struck up a very useful partnership between them. I thought Andy Robertson had one of his best games. Yeah, yeah to be fair, Snap hasn't had many poor games. I think I think what what's made the difference in this batch of four games overall is this increased defensive solidity now what's compromised it slightly is the fact that the the midfield which I think last season was one of the areas of concern and probably you know that came to fruition in the Champions League final we've brought the players in but obviously Fabinho hasn't even kicked a ball yet just talk about him playing right back for Brazil isn't it yeah yeah, and uh, and obviously Naby Keita is still finding his feet. And to be honest, after I'm not that surprised that he yeah certainly hasn't done badly, Keita, but he hasn't you know, pulled up that many trees yet. But I'm not that surprised because it was such a big build up. You know, basically the you know 
18 months, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, it is 18 months yeah. because yeah, yeah. We, we signed them last summer, but there'll be a lot of talk about it for months and months beforehand. And that sense of anticipation, not just from the supporters, but from the lad himself. Yeah. And I think, you know, from what Klopp said, he's kind of, he is a quite a quiet lad around the group and he's, you know, clearly kind of taking his time to find his feet. But that that happens in football. You know, well, it's it, quite rare for someone to just hit the ground running. I mean, I said this in the last pos- podcast, it particularly happens when you sign for a club like Liverpool mm. because it's only playing for RB Leipzig. The league isn't as strong as the Premiership, but when you walk into the, the hallowed corridors of RB Leipzig, apart from 15 photographs of a, of a can of Red Bull... <laughs> You haven't got a lot in the Alto if you're have you here. You walk you come to Liverpool after that eighteen months. It's the expectation level. And you walk it? into the history that you're becoming a part of and, and I, I wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me at all if it gets the people. I actually think he's played really, really well. You know, he's he, he, if anything, he's probably been a bit of a wind up toy, and he's gone, let me have him, let me have yeah. him. And I think he needs to uh, define that a little bit more now and, and make it more of a make him a more of an astute performance to go with the pace and the bite he's got as well. But he's he's certainly very exciting. What do you think is causing that dip then? Do you think it is just you know, the the second half dip? Because it happened against yeah, Brighton as yeah. well, it was a hanging on there, wasn't it? Is it the fatigue is it something because if it is, how do we get across that? It's it's a it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, I think sometimes you do just have to give the opposition a bit of credit and say that they played well, but um Henderson he, he did uh, he he wasn't as as, uh, as impressive as a starter as he was coming off the bench for the first few games uh, Wan Alden had a noticeable dip he, he was great against Brighton and then again he he wasn't as good against Leicester um, and then you've got £40 million Fabinho who can't get anywhere near the squad it's a kind of interesting one for him because his specialist type of skills as a defensive midfielder would, would kind of suggest that he's not going to be playing every game because Liverpool don't don't need him for for that many games. He's gonna might be brought in for breaking for, down breaking down attacks, isn't he? He's, he's yeah, more about I mean, a holding the field. You know, they were saying spares away. Um, you yeah. know, those type of games. I don't necessarily think he'll play that because he he'll be playing for Brazil um, up until the I think he gets back on the Thursday in the game Saturday lunchtime. So it might come a bit too early for him then. But um, he, he will be needed at some point. So I'm not overly worried about him. But I think it's just I think it's just one of those days where the the, the Leicester team played well, particularly yeah. the second half. I'm not convinced. I mean, I'm not convinced it's so much to do with fatigue. To be honest, I mean, I, I think for, for, for you always get a certain a certain element of that in a post tournament start of a season, yeah. which is Euros, the World Cup. But I think as much as anything else, it's just ge- just general early season getting to know you stuff. Mm. You know, it's it, it is to a certain degree a new team. Not so much to the extent when sometimes sometimes you have a summer and you brought in like six or seven starters. It's absolutely a new team. But new players, even just a couple of new players in key positions, it's that muscle memory. It's that kind of, you know, by the time you get to the autumn, and certainly we've seen this in the spring last year, once players have been playing together and trained together for months and months, they just have that understanding between each other. I, I think it's unrealistic to expect that in the first four games of a season when half of them have, you know, half of them were only played bits of pre-season. I just think it's, you know, is there, is there any team in any league at the moment that's, that's absolutely flying on all cylinders and, and, and cutting a sway through everybody in the face? They're not because it's, this is what happens, I think, at most clubs at the start of the season. They're still learning about each other. They're still le- finding up ways to play each other and, and understanding each other's games and where to be and where not to be. And I just think, as the season develops and progresses, you'll just see that kind of streamlining of 
their abilities and their positional sense and understanding of each other improve as, as, as the campaign goes on. Yeah, I mean, you could argue Chelsea are, 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 are being quite impressive the way they're, the, the way they're yeah. putting teams away, but uh, it is. I mean, it's it's this. It's like that old story about George Best. Remember, you had that famous story of George Best had, had, had retired from football and he was living the high life as he did in everybody. He was quite a young, good looking guy, the beards of days, you know, the kind of. He was in London in a hotel. He was actually going out with. Miss World at the time. I think oh, his name was Marie Slaven or something yeah, like that. Yeah, sounds familiar. And he'd been to the he'd been to a casino and he'd won about ten grand, which was back in the days was was a right few quid. He'd come back to the hotel room, he was on the lash like, he's having a bevy, he's got Miss Wales with him. He's throwing all the money on the bed. He's throwing all the money on the bed. He's got ten bags on the bed, right? Oh, and throwing it up in the air. He then decides to call down room service. She goes and has a shower. After about ten minutes, there's a on the door, you know, and it opens up. It's a little Irish fella, hello, Mr. Best, or hello. I, w- I won't do the, the accents. Sorry, I apologise to my Irish friends. <laughs> he comes in, he's got the room service. He opens up, he's got the lobster thermidor and the other five bottles of champagne, my way to crack on. And he says to me, as he's walking out, George Best gives, takes some money off the bed and gives him, like, you know, 50 naked or one or whatever, you know what I mean? And the, and the little Irish fella turns around, he says, I've got to ask you something, Mr. Best. Do you mind? And he says, No, not at all. And he says, And he looks at the money on the bed, and Miss Wells just clipping the toenails in the knack in the bathroom. <laughs> And George and George Best and he says and he looks at the champion and the Irish fella says, Where did it all go wrong? Right. <laughs> it's like Liverpool, isn't it? Where's it all gone wrong? We're top of the league. Yeah, we haven't yeah. we haven't put a you know, we've 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 dipped a little bit by our own standards, and I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that, like you said at the start, Dan, our expectations are so high and we've seen we've seen us fall so many times. The the slightest feeling of, of not being in control of a football match we all go the older statesmen of the fans go oh where we go again same it, old it shouldn't yeah. really be that let's, let's look at the positives let's look at we mentioned them earlier we'll mention some of the players that have, that have really lit one of which we talk about all the time who just never ever lets us down you'll know what it is anyway but let's start with the Joe Gomez because he has been a revelation, hasn't he? He's been brilliant alongside Van Dijk. Van Dijk's probably going to have a few dodgy words to say to Bobby Firmino in the next training session after Firmino's comment of yeah. Van Dijk's back pass wasn't all that either. And he's basically sort of saying the keeper couldn't do much with the ball. Let's be honest, the keeper could have just smashed that out for the throw-in, so yeah. let's not blame Van Dijk for the Eden back pass. Joe Gomez has stood up to it and he, he stood up to the to the pressure and and he's doing well, isn't he? is he not, Ghosty? Oh, 100%. You know, I think he's been the uh, the breakout star of the season, hasn't he, so far? Um, during pre-season, I, I think I wrote a piece saying this is his chance to kind of make his mark at centre-back because Diane Lovren was still at the World Cup and uh, Van Dijk had an extra week off because he'd been playing for Holland at the end of the season and it, it was a chance for him to kind of Stake a claim, and I, I didn't for once think that he was going to take the chance like he has done. He's just been, as you say, an absolute revelation. He's been superb. Um, this is his longest run at centre back since he signed for Liverpool three years ago. Still only twenty one, um, and he's just been immense alongside Van Dijk. And I, I think Bayern Lovren doesn't walk back into this side now at all. Well, you know the the greatest one, of the greatest defenders in the world, even though yeah. he's, he played <laughs> that to him on his own trumpet. But it's interesting, Danny, because this is the first time over the last few games that I've seen. A player helping Van Dyke out instead of Van Dyke helping else, everyone yeah. else out. He seems to be, they seem to be developing that telepathic bond. I mean, I might be talking too soon, and I'm talking with optimism as a fan, but it seems to me that they're starting to really know each other's strengths and weaknesses. They seem to have struck up a really good partnership together. I mean, I think yeah, we have to say that uh, Van Dyke and Lovren 
which was a very effective partnership last season and you know kept you know kept at bay two of the best attacks in Europe in Man City and AS Roma to get to the Champions League final Um, but you know Gorsty's right Joe Gomez has been absolutely the the, the story of Liverpool season the standout story of Liverpool season so far we've done a piece on the Echo website um, this morning should be hitting the site round about now there's some kind of suggestion that yeah because Gomez has broken through that um, alongside Van Dijk could this be the end of Dejan Lovren and a few of the Reds around the office have basically done a little piece basically saying fantastic Joe and we're all looking forward to seeing him develop but don't write off no you can't you, you, mm. you, you know, I think it'd be full what it is great to know is that, that, is that, that someone who's, who's also worked a good partnership is sitting waiting on the wings yeah strength yeah. strength and depth absolutely what a good team well yeah we've, we've all got this expectation and hope that Liverpool are going to be looking at you know, a 50, 55, 60 game season and realistically, you know, the only way that that's going to be a successful season is if you know we've got a, a squad of quality and depth. And I think that's why you need three, four, five options sometimes in each position. But to go back to Gomez, it, it's been fantastic to see him really kind of kick on in the last couple of months and really kind of fulfil that potential that we all kind of saw and thought he had. And it would, I'll go back to kind of this time three years ago when the last knock-ins of the Brendan Rodgers era. And it was a pretty grim month or two really when you know on the back of that 6-1 humiliation at Stoke and he kept his job and then we kind of started to think we won seven points out the first nine at the start of that season but it really it was kind of it was a bit of a false storm the wheels came off spectacularly against West Ham but the, yeah. the the one shining light of that fairly dark little period for Liverpool was Gomez who started the first six games I was looking at LFC history before just he started started all six of those games and even if there was the odd error here and there I remember him giving a penalty away at Old Trafford in the um, in the match when we lost there, he was the you know he was like the, the little speck of hope, um, and even if he, he played all those pretty much all those games at left back, yeah. I think, which is yeah. an unusual position for him. But there was always that feeling, even then, and I think at the time he was eighteen, you know, in just twenty one mm. now, wasn't he? There was always that feeling then that he that he would end up at centre back. Um, obviously, then he had some injury problems. He came back into the team halfway through Rogers. Um, Klopp's first season in charge and had a bit of a mare home to Wolves in the cup and didn't really play much that season. The mare. Yeah, uh, this is. <laughs> but the but but last season I think was kind of like the he got back he got back on his feet again <clears throat> and I don't know how many must have played twenty twenty five games this last season. He was right back mostly, most wasn't he? mostly yeah. at right back, but contributed and did well and yeah. kind of like you know could was very very much part of the plan you know very much back on board in terms of fans like me who thought this is potentially a great young English defender who has got. Who potentially has got years in a Liverpool shirt to look forward to, and um, but I think I don't think too many people would have really foreseen the way that he, uh, there was times, particularly on Saturday at Leicester, when he really was taking the lead. Well, from absolutely. That, from I mean, there was one particular him. challenge he put in a blocker that was out of goal. Yeah. It was absolutely world class, wasn't it? Yeah, goal saving tackle, wasn't it? Um, it? Really was. Well, he was pulling the trigger, wasn't he? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, decent player. And, um, he pulled the trigger. He actually blocked it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think I think a defender would always tell you that he'd rather not have to make those type of challenges. He'd rather just be in control. But when you when it's called upon, you've got to be there to do it. And it, it was superb, and as you say, he was kind of um, the the start of the show against Leicester, wasn't he? He was helping Van Dijk out more than the other way round. And Van Dijk's such a such an experienced pro, uh, world's most expensive defender, captain of the Dutch national side, and, and he kind of. He's been a big help to Gomez the first few games, talking him through it. Of course because he has. Gomez has only played four games at centre back for Liverpool in the Premier League, I think. Um, so he, he's been a big help to him as well. And I think, you know, as long as Liverpool are getting the results, then you know this, this partnership 
can flourish. Well, there's arguments as well. It was a great challenge. That's what I like to call it, a grass stains on the arse cheek challenge, you know, when you get home after a game <laughs> yeah. and you've skidded it like that. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Now, there is a, there is an argument to say with, when it comes to partnerships like that, and, I, and I'm an advocate of it really, is that it, there may be a better, more, more clearer way of going with Gomez and Van Dijk because Gomez is very much... Uh, uh, the, the master and the servants in that respect. Whereas with whereas with Van Dyke and Lovren, there could be an there could be an mm. ego problem there. Now that could work well. It could be that Lovren's attack is then. Well, I'll show you. I'm just as good as you. Whereas I think at the moment the way it's going is Gomez is 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 learning from the master, but then getting to the point where he's doing his own he's, he's doing his own challenge as well. So I think at the moment as a partnership, it's it's just going to go from strength to strength. I think Mr. Lovren's going to going to get splinters in his ass for for quite a while. I think he might have to wait to, to get his go. But one of the points I made in this piece that, that we've published this lunchtime is that, um, you know, I do think to a certain degree you need a certain element of horses for courses. I think you could argue that Gomez's and Van Dyke's game is largely characterised by the kind of real calmness and composure and kind of silky smooth ball playing defenders. Lovren is, kind of, I'd say, he's more of an emotional defender. Yeah. And, yeah, with this, no doubt about it, at times that can get him into trouble. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, but, but, but I think in some ways that can provide a really good counterbalance. And I think that's why at times him and Van Dyke work very well together. Yeah. And I'd certainly think there's times when we will need that kind of maybe slightly more forceful, front foot, aggressive uh, aggression that, that Lovren brings to his game. It'd be interesting, yeah, one thing that, that might be interesting, he hasn't done it too often, Klopp, but if it, if it, if at any point he decides to go with three centre backs, how the three of them might work in tandem? Yeah, because I do think we've got the full backs potentially to. I was trying to think that kind of system, three at the back, five at the back, whatever you call it. For it to be successful, it's dependent on you've got to have really energetic flank players. Yeah, of backs. course you have. They've got to uh, get but I do, band down. I do think the likes of you know, I do think Trent and Robertson are in many ways kind of made to measure for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't want to see us play like that every week, but I do think you know a variety of approach, being able to change tactics either game by game or within game is a hallmark of successful sides and you know Klopp seems to be a reasonable tactician and, and it'll be interesting to see if and when he decides to employ that kind of approach yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what he won't be putting Lovren in spares away um, no. <laughs> after the nightmare well, of it would be one of those lovely little kind of like full circle football things that do happen if he was the kind of yeah, end up bring him on when we're 5-0 up well or, or <laughs> I'd, I'd look I'd look. that's one of the reasons I've got a lot of time for Lovren he's been written off by me, by so many Liverpool fans, time and time again, I, it was hard to see a future for him after that Tottenham game. Yeah. I mean, I've written in this piece before about the West Ham game in '15 when he when he fell apart he that day. Doing step well. on the halfway line. Exactly. And, fell over. and I remember thinking, yo, how can he ever play for us again? You look at what he's achieved since then. Yeah. Right. You off, have to admire someone. Right off that, King's exit at, at, at your peril, I, I, I would say. Um, no, you're absolutely right, mate. You're absolutely right. Uh, let's look at. Well, we've mentioned Danny Robertson, and, and we must say congratulations to him. He's been he's yeah. been made captain new, of his national new. side. Captain of Scotland, uh, yeah. and a great choice, I think. He's been doing really well. Trent, do you think Trent's struggling a little bit? Um, he, well, he hasn't had his. I wouldn't say he's, he's he's been at his absolute best during the season so far. But is there a shelf for Klein there, or do you want to, or, or would you just think let's leave him where he is at the moment? Um, I mean, Klein's a good player, and I do think, like you know, I was saying about the squad, you know, you've got you've got to have options that can come in. If Trent was to get an injury, we'd want Klein to slot in. And be ready to deliver and perform straight away. So, Klopp is going to have to find a way of getting clients some game time. Although, to be honest, I think that will be easier in the next segments of the season because the games are coming so th- um, so thick and fast. I, th- you know, I think you've, with, with Trent, I think you've, you've got to take into account the fact that even if he didn't play that much, he was away at the World Cup. He hasn't had much of a summer. 
And maybe there is just a certain element that kind of, you know, after, after the initial kind of breakthrough, it's often a, a common thing for young players. They will plateau a little bit, kind of need to kind of find their feet, work out their game, readapt their game for the next chapter of it. But the lad's got it all there. Most importantly, he's got the right kind of attitude. Everything you hear is that he wants to learn, he wants to improve. He absorbs the, the training, the coaching, the information he's being given. I've got no problem. I've got no worries about him whatsoever. Keep him where he is, Ghosty, for now? For now, yeah, but I think... Uh, he's overcooking all his crosses. You can see there's so much adrenaline in him, mm. can't you? Yeah, pr- partic- particularly against Palace, that was uh, um, one of the, the negative features of his game. But yeah, keep there. As Dan says, there, there might be a little bit elements of fatigue for a young player who's played so so much last season and, and went straight to the World Cup and he's, hasn't had much time off. But uh, I think... Klein's nailed on for that Chelsea game in the League Cup, isn't he? And if he can, you know, stake a claim there, then Klopp's got a decision to make. And if you've got, you'd always want rivals in in your positions, don't you? Because it's going to yeah. bring the best out of everyone. You mentioned Genie's been playing very, very well. I have to say though, one more time to 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 the machine, the only man who could actually in real life survive being stood on by a dinosaur, as he is in the advert, James Milner is <laughs> just an extraordinary footballer. I've got some stats here. He ran thirty nine, or well, so far in the league. He's ran 39 kilometres or something, some of these. We've got the top four distance covered this season. So the first four games, I don't know whether you know, or you've seen this or you know. No, no. In fifth place, who do you think is in fifth place? Is this just for the Liverpool? No, no, no. It's all over the. It's no, all over the. It's all over the Premier League. So <sighs> in fifth place, um, and and he, up to now in fifth place, it's around about he's around about 46.3 kilometres. Golo Kante. It is Kante. Uh, what a guess. <laughs> it is Kante. I'm further up. Yeah. It is Kante. Um, in fourth place, with I'd say 46.7 kilometres. Don't worry, your radio isn't broke. We're just thinking. <laughs> Mark Noble? Who do you reckon? Mark Dan? Noble. Um, ooh, I'm going to go for Wilfred Ndidi. It's actually James Milner. Ah. So he's he's the fourth most efficient of the fourth most you know, hard work. Third, surprisingly, with just over forty-seven kilometres, is new signing. For not for Liverpool. Not for Liverpool. Um, Fred. Fred. No, but but of the same ilk. Jorginho. Yes, Jorginho. Jorginho Chelsea, just yeah. just over forty-seven kilometres in second place. This will be a real surprise, um, and 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 actually quite a nice surprise as well. Not he's not a Liverpool player. Casper Schmeichel. <laughs> <laughs> be a surprise. That was when the ball Coming went over and down someone's end seat, didn't it? <laughs> uh, it's actually uh, Gosling for Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah. Dan Gosling. Yeah. And the, the number one will really surprise you. I don't think anyone will pull this out of the bag. 49.56 kilometres covered so far. Have a guess. Give us a clue, Bill. Give us a clue, Bill. Hold your plums. <laughs> um, Tottenham player. Hmm. Erickson? It is Christian Eriksen. Really? <coughs> Christian Eriksen is yeah is the is um, officially the most hard working midfield midfielder. And it's rare for an attacking midfielder. Yeah. He still couldn't yeah. beat Watford. So it is very very interesting, isn't it? But James Milner, just getting back to him. I mean, when you look at the tackle he threw in against Brighton that led to our goal, mm. where he actually ran back, knocked the ball away from the defenders, and we done. He's just time and time again. He's he's got to be one of the best signings we've made in 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 many many years, as you know. Yeah, I remember um, Jürgen Klopp saying. Um, Milner's not going to be a left back. I think it was in Singapore. Jürgen Klopp's not going to be a left back. Jürgen Klopp. James Milner's not going to be a left back anymore. We've got a new midfielder, and there was so so many groans when he, he made that statement. It was like, oh, why? He's like he said that to wind fans up because they were all hoping that Naby Keita was going to walk yeah. through the door. But you know what? What a what a player he's been the last you know nine nine months or so, the last year or so. 
unbelievable. He started the season um, basically where he left off last season at the end of it, and as you say, that that tackles. But his season as a left back, Paul, was in, uh, extraordinary. Yeah, well. yeah. Brilliant. I mean, I had no complaints, and I know a lot of people didn't didn't feel that he contributed that much attacking wise. But you know, you got to give him cut him some slack. I mean, he was playing left back, and he's he's a central midfielder and. He played a big part in helping Liverpool to get fourth, didn't he, in that season? Absolutely. And then, same again, he, he was instrumental in the charge to the Champions League final and he's just picked up where he left off and, you know, long may I continue because he can run all day and uh, he's he's had a long career and I think, what is he now, 33, 32? Mm. Um, how long can he go on for? Let's see. I'm sure there's plenty of mileage in the tank. Well, his fitness levels are extraordinary. Doesn't he win the, for the last three seasons? He's won that run till you drop he, thing, hasn't the, he? The bleep season? test, yeah. Well, there, there was one passage of play on, on Saturday that, that summed up what he is and particularly his fitness and everything it was early in the second half before they'd scored and he would kind of like was hurrying around just just inside their half and managed to win the ball back in a really good position for us but was almost basically on his arse when he won it back yeah. and he'd done really well to basically kind of get up keep the ball and keep the momentum of the move going and it was the move that led to basically when we had a four on two and Salah basically should have just slipped Marnie in but played a, a kind of too clever by half reverse pass ironically to Milner who was still keeping up with play when I'd thought 15 seconds before he was blown for tugs and that to me said everything about just the, the he's an irresistible force of nature yeah, and and, and but, he, but also sorry sorry Dan carry he, on he, he, and the, the point you're making about you know, the, this, the season he had at, le, at left back when he, when, he, when he did have a great season but I kind of felt and probably think a lot of Liverpool fans did that Nice one for what you've done, yeah. but this is probably, probably the end of by it, yeah. and large the end of your Liverpool yeah. career. You might play a few games next season, and the way he's really kicked on, kicked on from that. I'm sure one of his assists might have been against Leicester, or, um, or yeah, because I think he put the ball in for Firmino's header, didn't yeah. he? Corner. Yeah, I'm sure, sure, I read somewhere that basically that's he's now he level is. on assists with David Beckham, Beckham in the yeah. Premier League. I think he's beat him. He's beat him, hasn't he? I think that beats it. it I, I might be wrong, but he's up there anyway. It's extraordinary. Is it fifty? I thought it was a hundred. Oh, is it? Uh, 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 my, uh, stats, my stats are my stats are absolute. Yeah. See, we all read that piece, didn't we? Yeah, we all read that. Yeah, it was in the Beano, wasn't it? I just, I just think he is the kind of character you need around the squad yeah. to be successful. Now, we may, you know, I would imagine he probably he's played a lot of the games at the start of the season. But Jurgen Klopp's been quite clear about the fact that you know he's the first three games were exactly the same eleven, and he only made one change for Leicester. But there were reasons for that, and obviously the squad is going to be utilised more. And I think we will see slightly less of James Milner as the season goes on, but I still think we'll see him at important times, at key times. And even if he only ends up playing 25, 30 games for Liverpool this season, I think if we have a good season, he will be fundamental to mm. that. Yeah, absolutely right. It was interesting to see Salah come off for, for, for Shaqiri, wasn't it? Um, obviously, that's that's why he bought him, but, mm. but part of me was thinking, well, do, do you do but Many times last season, the threat of Liverpool died when Salah came off, did it not? And, and, and a couple of games we got pegged back. Good to have that fresh legs, and, and, and he's, a, he's a good player, he's a good attacking player, mate. Yeah, 100%. I think that his whole signing just made total sense, didn't it, for that type of switch. Uh, last season, Liverpool didn't have anyone, and, and you know, nowhere was that more apparent than in Kiev when Salah came off and an unfit Adam Lallana come on out of position, and, and I don't really remember him doing anything, but Shakiri coming on. It's just a you know what an impact sub so he could create something out of nothing and ping one into the top corner from twenty five yards so he can do what he did against Leicester and keep the ball and run down the clock and just play very sensible. He did that brilliant. Also. Yeah, he did it brilliant. Yeah. I think him and Kaita coming on it coincided I think with the fact that Leicester had had, had, had a goal for a good twenty minutes and mm. were on the way. Punched you can't, you out couldn't maybe. you couldn't keep up that pressure. You couldn't keep up that tempo. But them two coming on it just felt good, didn't it? To know that we've got. 
Cater and Shakiri, two players yeah. who aren't just going to stem the flow, but are actually going to create a bit as well. Exactly, yeah, and that, that's the the reason people have been making the points for, for quite a while. This is one of the strongest Liverpool squads that they can remember. Certainly, as long as I can remember, I'd, I'd have to go back to maybe 2000, 2001, to that travel season where uh, Gerard Uri had, had so many options in so many positions. It's very similar now for Klopp. He, he can make a change without hurting the, uh, t- the quality of the squad too much. And uh, Adam Lallana, I've got to say a word of him, mentioned again. He's made a crisp, isn't he? But, but bless him, I, I like Lallana, I really do. But, you know, a groin injury now. Do you reckon he's back to train at the end of the month? Yeah. But he put something out last night saying they think, you know, he, he, he is still likely to play in September. The thing is, though... He's a peripheral player now, I think, isn't he's he? He's becoming that way. And the, and the problem is, it kind of like... Well, to be honest, it touched on something we mentioned earlier. We talked about fitness and are they fully fit? Are they fully fit? Yeah. Mm. There's a difference between fitness and match sharpness. But I think particularly for Lalan, he's one of those kind of players because his game is largely... Based, yeah, well, he's got great feet and that. But I think one of the reasons why Jurgen Klopp was so fond of him, you know, particularly in the early stages of his Liverpool reign, was he, you know, he was often given this title the leader of the press, yeah. wasn't he? And... To get that kind of match sharpness, you need to be not just playing regularly, but training regularly. And unfortunately, the last kind of eighteen months to two years for Lallana seems to have just very been char- characterised by a couple of weeks on, couple of weeks off, couple of weeks on, couple of weeks off, and it's very hard for him to kind of build up that momentum. So, you know, hopefully, maybe you know, we'd like to think this will be the last of the injuries, and if he can get a couple of injury-free months under his belt, maybe we'll start to see him having the kind of impact that he had in the early part of the Klopp era. But at the minute. You know, it's hard to see. You know, it's hard to see him being much more than a squad player. I hope he does because he, he he can still very much be an impact player, couldn't he? I mean, you, but if you've got you're looking at your bench and your your last 15 minutes of the game, you've got Adam Lallana who could because his, his press was always very impressive, yeah. wasn't he? He was always yeah. really good in the face kind of player. Oh yeah, definitely. He, you know, he's he's not going to lose any of his talent just because he's injured. He's, he's still going to be able to provide a little moments of magic as and when he can. But it's a similar thing with Sturridge, wasn't it? You know, the the problem is getting him on the pitch and getting him fit and. The, pretty much the, the majority of last season I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head where you think he made a big impact and it's a shame really for someone who was so good the season before but Liverpool have got, uh, don't really have to be overly concerned that they just need to worry about getting him fit and then getting some uh, some match sharpness into his game because he, he can be a good option for them and um, it's not too much of a problem while he isn't Yeah absolutely well let's look at the next fact we did mention it we did touch on it uh, a lot of Big games coming up for Liverpool, so it's it, it, it's very much. I mean, they've got to be up confident wise. They've got to be having the top of the league, yeah. four and zip. They've, they've, yeah. they've got they've got to be full of confidence. Tottenham away is the first one. Um, they've uh, they've had an ex- they've, they've had a tenancy agreement extension on the ground, haven't they? Report in the mail yes, mm. last night, wasn't it? Saying they might play the whole league yeah. season at Wembley, which is it's not great for the club. You know, you wonder what's some of the players behind you know the likes of Kane, Dali Ali, who've almost kind of like bit the bullet and said, right, we do accept the club aren't going to kind of strengthen that much while we're getting this sorted but if the whole thing's dragging on for another couple of years and you've got to wonder who's in charge of the building regs there if, if you're uh, if you t- <laughs> as sorry I said 2000 and something I mean you've got to get your ground sorted out haven't you so we got Tottenham anyway we got Tottenham uh, at the weekend away obviously it was a nightmare last season it was for, 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 um, it was the low point wasn't it it was the low point wasn't mm-hmm. it you, 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 I think more than City because Man City you could kind of rationalise with the fact that Manny was sent off yeah, so yeah. early off the back of that, we've got PSG, and I can't wait to see Neymar get a, get a, a, his, his warm reception when we grab him and shake him warmly by the neck after him saying that he doesn't think Liverpool are going to finish anywhere near the top four this season. Um, I mean, I think if if we collectively boom, he'll he'll damage his leg. <laughs> he'll go down looking for a pen. He'll go down rolling looking for a pen. Uh, so it's Tottenham, it's PSG at home. 
Southampton away. I mean, these are all Southampton yeah. at home. Southampton at home. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Southampton, and then Chelsea at home, of course, uh, in the in the, in the league cup, and then Chelsea away. And then Napoli away, and, and then, then City Napoli. around. It's, I mean, we have got a hell of a, a, a bunch of games coming up, mate, haven't we? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I've, I've seen a few people say it could be a season-defining period for Liverpool, and I'm not sure how much I agree with that, but what I would say is Liverpool, while they can't win anything in the in this next month or six weeks, they can certainly lose it. Mm. Uh, if you have a disastrous few games in the Premier League and City goes streaking ahead three, four, five, and six points. League. Yeah, and in the Champions League, yeah. uh, that, that game against PSG is, you know, I think I'm hoping anyway it'll have the kind of atmosphere that's normally reserved for the knockout games yeah, because I think, it will, do. I think, I think it, it will. I think it's just going to be you know what, what an occasion. PSG have got some of the biggest players in the world and first game after Kiev. Yeah, well that's it. Yeah, and they've, they've got a front three that can rival Liverpool's to be honest. You know, Cavani Mbappe, that, Neymar, Cavani, Di Maria, Verratti suspended. Uh, so Is Mbappe still there? Yeah, 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 still there, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Di Maria scored from a corner the, the, the other day, didn't he? Which really, was yeah. just ridiculous, like, near post, yeah. near post, just, like, literally whipped it in. Most of the teams, he'd be the star, and he's probably, like, fourth or fifth for them, yeah. so... Yeah, but where's he going to go when his looks fail him? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, massive, massive games to come, no doubt about that. Uh, we had a, we had a, uh, somebody on Twitter got in touch with me, Patrick J. Just saying fair play to the pod, really enjoys it. We loved all your positive messages for the pod. Just asking if we'd like to cover a little bit more on the, on the under-23s. You've got you've got a bit of knowledge on the under-23s, Paul, haven't you? Yeah, I've seen... Um, they've played on two Friday nights so far this season. I've seen them against Tottenham and against Manchester City. And they should have won both games. They, they drew both. Uh, Tottenham had a man sent off inside the first two or three two minutes. minutes yeah. yeah. Um, and Liverpool just couldn't make the dominance pay but they've got plenty of young players who were coming through and, and it's an exciting time because those players have only got a look at the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold and even Curtis Jones to an extent who was on the, the US tour last month um, sorry in July and they, they can see a pathway to the first team you know I've been impressed with uh, Bobby Adekanye he's a, um, a, a winger who plays on the right but he's left footed he's, he's very skillful he's a Dutch youth international come from Barcelona and if he can kind of add some finishing to his game, he, he could he could go very far. Yeah. Um, what I've seen of him so far, he, he's an electric uh, talent, and he's uh, he's very much one of their star men. Um, Is he virtue playing well as well? Yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, he's one of them as well. I mean, there's there's a host of them. Adam Lewis at left back, um, obviously Curtis Jones. Chivella um, playing for them as well. Chiravella, yeah, he does. Yeah, obviously Liverpool fans who don't well, follow the twenty yeah. will know a little bit more about him because yeah. he's he's been around the, the team for. A, Couple of years now, hasn't he? Nearly left, nearly left in the summer. He? But there's a, there's a um, there's a host of players for Liverpool fans to kind of get a little bit excited about. Yeah, very good, Dan yourself. Um, I've seen a couple. Of, I've seen a couple of bits and bobs. Um, I saw I saw quite a bit of, of, of the Man City game, and they were very lucky not to mm. win that. I thought they kind of looked, yeah. looked the dominant side, and um, I think we were just kind of like taken taken unawares really when when City equalised. But I think you, absolutely, I'd agree with Gorsi that they could and probably should have won both the games. Um, we all saw how well Curtis Jones did when he was in the first team setup during pre-season, and it's. I think having seen the impact, particularly that Trent has made yeah. in the first team, it gives them all. There's no a, better yeah. example, yeah. is there, for all these to say, well, listen, if you work hard, if you train hard, the opportunity, you know, take the opportunities when they're offered to you. The sky's the limit. So um, it's you know it's it's encouraging times across the board at, at, at Liverpool, and and you you hope that some of these young you know, it, it's. 
we all like a, we all like a big sign, and we all like you know, the showbiz and the glamour and everything like that. But there's there's nothing better as well than seeing a, a you know a local lad breakthrough. And, and you know, for me, you know, as, as someone born and bred in the city, yeah, to see the way that Trent's really kind of like not just become a you know, a club star, but a national, yeah, on the, mm-hmm. on the national scene as well. Um, that's really really heartening because he's arguably the first one to break through and become a proper yeah. first team player since Gerard. Yeah, yeah. So you know the the, the the pathway's there for them. It's up to them to take it's the opportunity. Take, yeah. We'll all be watching with interest. Future's looking bright. Well, Liverpool under 23s lost the like, as you just said, Paul lost two one. Uh, next game is against Swansea September the fifteenth. Liverpool under 18s won two one at Stoke on Sunday. Leighton Clarkson and Tom Clayton got the goals for that, and that's three wins from four. Decent start for them. Yeah, um, it, it certainly has been. I think they've. Um, it's um, Barry Lucas who's taken over from Stephen Gerrard and, and they have started well I think they've, they've got a, a new lad there called Paul Glatzel I think um, he's, he's striking up a bit of an understanding up front and uh, yeah it's, it seems to be going well um, someone who, who did mention there for the under 23s who we know Jürgen Klopp thinks very highly of as well as uh, Conor Masterson mm. young Irish defender I think he was on the bench for the, the derby in April he, he was kind of uh, he kind of took Klopp by surprise on the, on the pre-season tour he, he was kind of drafted in to essentially make up the numbers and uh, Klopp gave him a go and he, he didn't realise that the talent that he had in his ranks so he's another one who's kind of um, on the up and coming and we might see him at some point as well because obviously Liverpool have offloaded Ragnar Clavin so we could see Masterson in the in the League Cup Very interesting morning but in the future looking good uh, their next in action as well at home to Swansea also as well on the 23s are September the 15th Liverpool ladies haven't started the campaign yet the first women's Super League game of the season is at Arsenal on Sunday kickoff is 12.30 live on BBC if you press the red button what time to kick off for uh, Tottenham Liverpool is it standard? 12.30 12 12 12 yeah. That's nice for the lads to get down to Wembley again, isn't it? Yeah. That kind of well done. Good, thing. good thinking there, FA. Uh, all right, thanks very much. How was it, Ghosty? Yeah, very enjoyable. Very, um, very good performance. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some feedback to Ian Doyle for our Blood Red because I liked the bit at the beginning where you kind of say, uh, thanks for listening and, you know, yeah. your support, continue support because I think I think we leave that a little bit. I think you do, yeah. Can't yeah. take your audience for Bang, granted. Bang, exactly, exactly. I know. Well, this is the thing. You see, I get people stopping me on the streets and I had a lad the other day stop me you put on petrol in your car and you'll have someone shouting fits loving the podcast yeah. and without the listeners without them doing it but there's no point in it, it's just three lunatics sitting in the room talking <laughs> well, to each other exactly. but it still is yeah. but, yeah. but it still is anyway <laughs> but it is I mean it's very important to do that I think yeah, very important. we've got loads overseas as well listen so everyone listening to us in, in Australia in America we have loads over there as well really really appreciate you following as, as ever um, thank you Paul Ghost uh, a good debut, a good debut. Fully deserved the kinder, or at least one half of it anyway. <laughs> uh, Dan K, always a pleasure, Dan. Nice one, Neil. Loving your work, kid. Uh, join us all again soon. Let's hope the Reds push on, continue. Five out of five, we want, don't we, lads? Five oh, yeah. out of five, up the Reds. This has been Poetry in Motion with me, Neil Fitz. See you all again soon. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.